0: Hey you over there listening to Ego. I don't know why every time I do an ad for Second City it makes me want to talk with that weird, like kind of Italian, kind of old school Chicago slash New York accent. But if you want to learn how to actually do accents and all kinds of other funny things, you should stop by Second City. You can find your funny this week with a $20 improv drop-in class at their training center in Chicago. Your first drop-in is on us use the code test drive for a free improv drop-in any sunday at 7 p.m for more info go to secondcity.com tc or 312-664-3959 to register hello hey this is ergo it is and this one's a little different we always mix it up you know we are recording in Ergo Studio, my hometown.
1: Shout out to the Bronx.
0: We are in my brother's bedroom right now, <laughs> which has the best acoustics in my childhood <laughs> apartment. And we are bringing you this special episode featuring some conversations we did at the Our Liberation Summit, uh, which was put on by Sarah Lawrence this past weekend. We had the pleasure of being part of it and doing some interviews with participants and presenters throughout the day.
1: Yeah, man, it was a really great experience. Uh, truly intergenerational and it was nice to have a more standard set of questions that we ask people who are in different positions in life, different positions at the the space that we were in and kind of get this real communal feel of how people are wrestling
0: with how our world is changing. So you're going to hear I think four of the interviews today and we did a whole bunch more which you can hear on our SoundCloud and on iTunes. So if you want to hear all of them go there. If you want just a sampling, you're in the right place. Here's the merch. Shout out to Sarah Lawrence. Uh, shout out to Natalie and Cody for
1: all their hard work and helping put this together.
0: And absolutely shout out to Eve Ewing for oh, holding it down. The it superstar. A all right. Enjoy. Much love. Peace. All right. So here we are at Sarah Lawrence as part of the Our Liberation Summit. And we have a very special guest here taking a couple minutes to talk with us. Uh, first off, what's your name?
2: My name is Lindita Kula.
0: Lindita, thank you for being here and talking with us. The question that we start every interview we do with is on this day, this month, this week, this season, how is the world treating you and how are you treating the world?
2: Um, well, the world's treating me fairly well. I've got to come to Sarah Lawrence today. Mm-hmm. I got to meet a lot of new people, mm-hmm. you too, <laughs> and um, the world's been treating me fairly well, I think. Mm-hmm. I have been trying to treat the world just as it's been treating me. So I've taken a lot from 2017 and turned it into reflection. Mm. It was not an easy year. Mm. So I've done a lot of um, reflecting on myself, who I am, and also how to make myself happier because Mm. that's what's most important, I've realized. Yeah, so
1: it's a privilege for all of these human beings to be in this space, together focusing on concepts of transformation and liberation um, and developing new language but with that there's a lot of words and a lot of language is there any buzzwords that you're learning or starting to hear in the social justice ecosystems that either interest you or kind of like make you uncomfortable that um, are at the front of your mind?
2: The thing that really interests me is the idea of allyship mm-hmm. and I think that allyship is one of the most important things when you're trying to rebuild and remake and create equality mm-hmm. because there is always going to be a definite person of higher power. And though that happens, we're still trying to make this call or action of like unity and like prosperity, everyone's equal. But the only way that you can gain equality is if you take the people in those higher positions and you have them help raise others mm-hmm. up.
0: So in in like getting a sense, because that seems like you have a pretty at least in certain contexts, like good understanding for you of what that term means. How confident do you feel that your definition of that term is what everyone else means when they use that word?
2: Mm. Oh, I'm not confident at all. that other people (laughs) (laughs) understand what I'm thinking. It's just um, I've grown myself into Mm -hmm. understanding. And I feel like each person has their own definition of everything. Mm -hmm. There might be like a dictionary out there, but like every other person is, Mm -hmm. has their own brain. So no one knows what everyone's thinking. But I know that if I understand it, that I'll be able to help change the world in my, in my like sphere. Mm -hmm. So the way I like use allyship is I uplift my friends. I uplift my family. I use whatever sources I have to help the people around me. Mm
1: -hmm. So with that, with Allyship being something that you center. What is one struggle that is not connected to your personal identity that you either feel connected to, invested in, or have a desire to to be in greater solidarity with?
2: Um, definitely the uh, movement of people of color. I am not. I'm not a person of color, and I will never understand the struggles that anybody faces that aren't my own. Mm-hmm. But understanding that I could help and I could be a person that is involved in movements, like instead of just sitting at home and tweeting, like, yeah. yay, Black History Month or like <laughs> Black Lives Matter. Like, no, I go out and I go to these protests because I see signs that say, like, great, all of these white ladies are out, but what's going to happen when we have, a, like, another Black Lives Matter protest? Like, who's going to be there? What is everybody going to do? Like, if I, as a white woman, can take a stand to help others, then I'm hoping that when the time comes, they can help take a stand for me. Because though I don't look at and I'm not visible, I'm a part of the Muslim community. Yeah. So people then tend to, like, put me in box like, oh, you're just this, like, little white girl who mm-hmm. just wants to, like be woke. And just like, I just think that people think that this is a fad and that these movements and people like rising up is just going to be like another thing that just happens. Mm -hmm. But I don't think so because I believe it. I know a lot of my friends believe it. And just helping each other out is kind of human nature.
0: You know, Damon asked, like, what's a, a struggle that you feel connected to or curious about? What are some types of spaces where you feel Amplified and welcomed in asking questions um, and what helps make those spaces feel that way to you
2: Uh, Recently, I attended the women's March convention in Detroit Mm -hmm. And there was a panel called discussing like white womanhood Mm. and In that panel, I was kind of nervous because like They were talking about allyship a lot too there and I was nervous because I didn't want to be assumed to be somebody Yeah uh, like there's a lot of assumption in the way we portray ourselves. So mm. just because someone looks a certain way doesn't mean they have to act the way. It's like there's this kind of bias on just on the way they look. So they're like an aesthetic bias. Mm-hmm. And so mm. I okay. guess <laughs> I, I'm
0: writing that now. That's
2: a good term. <laughs> So I just think that if we kind of strip away our outer looks and try to get into like the who we are as people. And when we go into a uh, an environment, we don't focus on what they look like. We first we focus on what they're saying and how they're like how they see the world, mm-hmm. because, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, I may not look like I care about a bunch of things like trans rights or mm-hmm. like anything in the Black Lives Matter movement or even just common like. The GOP tax reform, right. mm-hmm. like the like things that like should matter to people, right. just because I don't it don't personally affect me, though I may not be like physically disabled or mentally or whatever it is that is going wrong. I just think that some people are afraid to go into spaces and speak because they don't feel like they have the right. Mm-hmm. So I might feel like if I go into a a room where there's like a bunch of black people talking about like their struggles i can't speak because i don't understand but if i go into a room and i feel welcome and i speak and i talk about the struggles i may face and i and then learn and take knowledge from them and they can even take knowledge from me because everybody has knowledge no matter what even like a trump supporter can have knowledge it's just everybody has different ways of showing it and ideas mm-hmm.
1: so i think we maybe one or two more questions mm-hmm. Uh, specifically what communities do you consider home and what knowledge or experiences uh, from this conference would you like to bring back to those communities?
2: So my community is, I'm from Connecticut, Mm -hmm. but my mother and my father were not um, originally born here in America. Mm -hmm. So my mother was born in Macedonia and my Mm -hmm. father was born in Canada. And they're both from Albanian descent. Mm -hmm. So I've been kind of raised as like an Albanian American first. Mm -hmm. I've been to my my mom was home country so many times as a child that like it, that's the second home to me. Okay. And so though I have a, like an American background and I've lived here most of my life, I still hold a lot of my core, like traditional values from the Albanian culture, yeah. a lot of like self-respect, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, rules that I have to mm-hmm. abide. Also being from like the Muslim faith, I have like, an like just a lot of things that I have to abide mm-hmm. by. And, I just my mother is strict, but <laughs> but she's a type of strict where if I didn't grow up like that, I wouldn't be the person I am. so right, I'm very absolutely. proud of where I come from. It's something that I really think about. and I guess there are some biases within my community. We don't um, open up our minds enough. Mm-hmm. It's hard to um see people and communicate with them from outside of our culture and that's completely fine because that's a very typical thing within different yeah, it's cultures. understandable, yeah. And so what I want to do is open up my culture into different cultures, open up my family into mm-hmm. different like ideas and just be more open minded. Mm-hmm. So
0: so the openness of conversation that you hear here is something you'd like to bring. Is there anything from the this structures that you were talking about that you grew up in that you would love to see brought into radical organizing spaces or conferences and stuff like that.
2: The, like the comfort of family, mm. the idea of like how, yeah. f- how like when you're around your family, you're allowed to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like I, when I'm in a space like this, I don't want to make a mistake because I don't be scrutinized. Mm. If I say the wrong thing, especially in the, like a form where like I could be attacked. Like mm. if I say something wrong and I'm attacked, I'm there are points where I'm not corrected Mm-hmm. Instead of like people being attacked and oh, because I said something wrong or I made an invalid statement or whatever I said might may have been like racist or uh some type of like phobic, mm-hmm. then I I kind of feel like I can't redeem myself. Mm-hmm. And if there was a little bit more understanding in a community that is willing to help each other and uphold each other to a different standard. So when i'm with my family if i mess up then i have a chance to like be taught so yeah. when i was younger my i would be a bad kid i'd like draw on the walls or something my to I be would,
0: honest walls are made to be drawn <laughs>
2: i know it's actually so hard not to <laughs> but just the yeah. fact that like i would i would mess up i would be explained what i did wrong yeah. and then i'd be taught how to do better and yeah. if we could do that in a space where we're trying to all actively learn and taught how to do better instead of being Push down or told that we're wrong and then feel unsafe and mm-hmm. yeah. kind of just like I messed up I can't yeah. say anything else or yeah. yeah I just feel
1: wrong that's powerful I, th- I think uh, we can we can close up I have one last brief <laughs> question No problem. one <laughs> word about how you're feeling
2: um hopeful
3: well, my name is Brooke Polly
1: and so we like to start all our conversations with the two-part question. In this time, how is the world treating you and how are you treating the world?
3: I don't know what else you guys have heard today, but this time is pretty great awesome. in, the, in the whole scope of human history. <laughs> and look- as I get older, as I engage with people on platforms like these, I recognize that a lot of this attitude of mine, of like, "Hey, whatever, it's great," is due to my racial, economic, mm-hmm. uh, privilege. However, for most of human history, women like me were subjugated. Disabled people were subjugated. People, you know, died like over things that are completely curable or Mm -hmm. eradicated now people did used to die a lot people like and and (laughs) And my dad well my dad always says and my dad's raised two daughters and he always says there has never been a better time or a place to be a woman right now Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of work to do and that's what this forum is for and i'm not denying that but i think it's very dangerous for us to lose sight of the mm. fact th- of what change has even happened in the last 50 years. Right.
1: Yeah. So also in this unique time in human history, how are you treating the world?
3: I would hope that I'm treating the world. God, now I won't sleep tonight. I'm be like, how did I, <laughs> how, how am I treating the world? Um, I hope that I'm treating the world in a very, you know, kind, but also matter of fact way. Hmm. Um is that, is that, like, journalistically nope. intriguing? Yes. Uh, yes. Consider me journalistically <laughs> yeah, I would, intriguing. I'm a ju- yeah, I'm a journalist. So, like, I, I recognize that. Hmm. I like, she wants me to go into more of that. Um, I don't know. I just – I think some of social dialogue in the interest of being all-encompassing can be very counterproductive. Mm. It just can kind of be – an echo chamber and that morphs into a shouting match. And this is part of me. I come from, I say that if California as a state is a blue Democratic hand, I come from the red wart, <laughs> the one concentrated area of California. That and where is, is that? Uh, it's Orange County. Okay. okay. So, yes. Um, and I did not come from a place. Where people asked me what my pronouns were, mm. I didn't know what a trigger warning was mm. like and I just got here i'm a I'm a first year student yeah. here at Sarah Lawrence college okay so my whole social justice education has been about five months <laughs> you know what I mean so I come at it with relatively fresh eyes of like I can Go to sessions like this and start to notice when it morphs into the echo chamber, or when it's mm. when it's not being productive anymore, when it's alienating people that are oppressive. But I recognize it as alienation because I don't want to say that I come from the oppressor, but I come from a demographic that's aware of the oppressor in another role. Mm. Um, And I also, like, Mm. a lot of my extended family Mm. and neighbors and people I knew voted for Trump. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on this campus, I try not to advertise that um, because I didn't. And a lot of people that I was really close to didn't. But the point is that I can't write them off as other because I know them. Mm -hmm. And that means that I have to, like, Kind of totally trash a lot of my childhood and upbringing and people that I know and by all other measures respect and admire and mm. in some cases love. It's mm. a, it's you know a watershed moment in our world for myriad reasons, but I try and kind of cut the the fat that can kind mm-hmm. of arise out of. Just general conversations. And be like, what are we really getting at here? Yeah, because uh, I don't know. That's just the way that I'm, I'm wired. But yeah, yeah so that's that's yeah. what I'm hoping.
0: To that point, and it's actually been kind of the central theme of a lot of the conversations we've had today, is how you know whether it's on campuses like this, or in a conference, or a summit like this, or mm-hmm. just around organizers, or just in trying to figure out the world and reading things. Yeah, we get kind of bogged down mm-hmm. in a swamp of buzzwords. Yeah, are there particular buzzwords for you that Either are like exciting and open up new ways of thinking about things, or are you know you're a little wary of or skeptical of or careful about?
3: Well, I'm glad you asked me because I'm a word person. That is, the, I had a feeling. Is, we, can, I can you up tell on that just yes. when I opened my
1: mouth? Like, what the hell? <laughs> no, no, no uh, not at all. You're, yeah. you're like right at home. No,
3: so yeah. Um, and <laughs> this that's this is the word space. That's, that's what I study is, uh, I'm in. Uh, journalism, Anthropology, and Linguistics, mm. all of which have so much to deal with. If here's our wheelhouse, yeah, exactly. you're, you're right in it. it. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, and buzzwords are, you know, buzzwords are buzzy and, you know, <laughs> they they work, but they work for a very specific pigeonholy use and application. I'm wary of trigger warnings because I think the moment something becomes dangerous— to taboo is when something becomes dangerous to talk about, you know, and of course, when you're, when you preface something on Facebook with CW or trigger warning, you're still talking about it, but if that becomes ubiquitous, then nobody that needs to hear it or could benefit from it is going to hear it because they're going to be turned off by that and they have their place because otherwise they wouldn't have existed, mm. but yeah, that's something I'm wary about. I'm wary of, in my own life, I live with a mild disability. I'm wary of the term differently abled because that Mm -hmm. makes me think I should have, like, X-ray vision (laughs) or super speed, all of which I don't, decidedly. (laughs) So I'm wary of that one, but also, like, I... That would be cool. No, yeah, I would like that, but that's not what I have. Um, That's just not. But, you know, I... I was mad at my mom one time. I don't even remember what. I said something. And I was like, well, I didn't mean that. And she said, yes, you did. And I was, no, I'm not. And she said, no, you're not a person who like just says shit. You use your words very carefully. And the other thing I don't like is social justice warrior because, because <laughs> don't. And I, I like the – I'm paraphrasing a British newspaper editor who said, you can always tell a person lives for others – by the anguished expressions on the faces of the others. Like a lot of people are like don't help me, man. I I don't always need that. I'm I'm also very action oriented in a way. I'm also mm-hmm. like what what are we going to do for a lot of this to change. Um and you know, I I I am giving a speech and I'm going to say, like, I don't know what we're supposed to do yet. I'm just going to give you a lot of words. But hopefully words provoke thought and, and you know, that thing, thoughts become words, words become actions. So, yeah, yeah, those are the words that I am
1: thinking about. That that was great. And on the other side, are there new words or ideas that excite you or open up new concepts for you? And you would be excited to take those ideas and experiences back to the community that you call home?
3: Uh I learn new words every day, man. It's not even like in terms of like social justice. Like I never close the dictionary tab on my computer. Because whenever I read, I'm like, what, what does this mean? Or they did that. I don't know. I'm How about not... ideas or ideas. frameworks? Somebody said, I was just in a session, and they said I was conscious, because she was running a movement in the Bahamas, and, and mm. she said, I was conscious that I was that the movement was becoming my baby. So and I stopped that. She said, I need to train other people to take over my position within the next year. And it mm. was like, if she hadn't done that, if she had clung to her baby, as she calls it, she would be abusing power in the same way her oppressors are. Mm. The oppressor says, if not says, that implies, nobody else can lead the country. Nobody else can be... Speaker of the house, nobody else can do what I do. I am the person, I am the be all end all. If you apply that to a social justice, which is very easy to do because everything's very personal and you that your ego can get very easily involved, but checking yourself when you feel you are getting too attached mm-hmm. to stuff like that. Yeah.
1: You say you're new and you're growing in these like mm-hmm. social justice concepts. Yes. Like are there any struggles um, that are not connected to your particular experience or identity that you have a desire um, to be more connected to, to invest further in, or to learn about?
3: Um Yes, but I also am aware that as much as college is a cultural education, it's also just an education education. You know what I mean? So if I, so if I, if I spend so much time, like I'm not going to read the things I'm supposed to read. I'm not going to investigate the things I want to academically. I'm not going to spend time with my friends. Like it's a holistic thing. Mm-hmm. However, there is a I don't know how much of campus you guys have gotten to see today. Not but very much. It's very, it's very pretty. I, I recommend a little tour for yourself. <laughs> um, there is a free speech board. It was really blank. Or it said, like, welcome back after Christmas break or whatever. And then just recently someone wrote, SLC hates poor black people. <laughs> and I was always like, oh, okay. What does this mean? And then someone erased that and said, I might be paraphrasing, but do you hate all the black people you can't use? Hmm. That was the next thing that went up. So obviously troubling that in these enlightened times or supposedly enlightened and in this supposedly enlightened place, people feel the need to make a jarring public statement like that. And that's troubling. And I'm also very conscious of as we come of age, like people are very despairing in our politics right now. If it's all just a bunch of white men, eventually they're gonna die. And then and then who's in charge? That being said, there's some new
0: yeah.
4: like we, no, we are new exactly. regenerating. Totally, totally, totally,
3: totally. But it's eventually we our generation will be of age. And they, they already are uh, affecting change. But they will eventually be able, the millennials, to sit in Congress and actually get stuff done or, you know, be more active in government than they already are. And depending mm-hmm. on how you define millennials, some already are. I mean, look at Justin Trudeau. He's like rad. So I'm very conscious of that the time is is now, but equally the time is a little bit in the future when, yeah. when you know, we will catch up. I have faith in us. It might be dumb, but I do. It's still <laughs> it's, good to have. Kind of yeah. Before we get out of here,
0: if you were to describe in one word – how it feels to be in the summit in the space today what would that word be
3: i don't know it might have to be like a hyphenated situation you can give us like two okay. to three definitions hyphens well i'll just be very on brand and put liberating <laughs> all right it's, it's called our liberty. <laughs> that works <laughs> uh-huh. all
0: right first off what is your name alicia wallace
1: hi alicia hey how, you, how you doing i'm
0: good how you doing I'm
1: decent. I'm pretty good. And, and sh- I, just to clarify, in, in Chicago, Chicago that means really good.
0: It could okay. also mean not that it good. Can it could
1: mean I'm uh, kind of decent. It's But mm-hmm. as I say, I'm decent. Means yeah. I'm, with, with it's about the pap. Yeah. It's yeah, in you your do. voice. Like a little yeah. like chest out, a little <laughs> up, upward yeah. inflection. Yeah. 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 Got it. So yeah. as we like to start uh, this work that we do every time, we have the privilege to have a conversation with a, a human being. It, Even we, some robots. You know, we ask this two-part question. And in this time, and you can define time in many ways, that could be this hour, this day, this month, this season, how is the world treating you? And how are you treating the world?
5: The world is treating me pretty shittily right now. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's like not on my vibe. Mm. You know, I came here with intentions of having all the best food in the world because, I mean, it's it's New York City. Hello. Mm -hmm. And all kinds of things just went wrong. I didn't have enough U.S. cash and then I had my debit card and it stopped working and I called the bank and they're like, yeah, we decided to put a hold on a bunch of money on your account. Oh, Not a bunch no. of money. I don't have a bunch of money, but yeah.
0: Um, of the money that was there, a bunch of it.
5: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Those... They told me I had approximately $12 mm. and I was like, no, I need crepes with Nutella and strawberries. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> and that's $16 and right there. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Hello? With like 10% tax?
1: Those banks, man. <laughs>
4: anyway we'll get we'll
1: get there maybe where were you going no we won't let's not get there
5: (laughs) from the Bahamas oh Um, great great great.
1: that that actually leads into another question uh, we've been asking folks today are there any other communities or any more local communities within the Bahamas that you consider home that you would like to bring back some of the experiences of
0: today and what would it be that you would want to bring back
5: I think the Afro-Caribbean feminist community Mm -hmm. right and I'd love to bring back kind of the vibe of this summit because I think mm-hmm. it's been really cool. And people are kind of coming with curiosity
4: mm-hmm.
5: more than I want to get across a certain point mm-hmm. or I want to just gain knowledge on X, Y, Z thing. It's more like I'm really inherently curious. Mm-hmm. I want to hear whatever is here to be heard yeah. and accept information. A lot of times we come to things with agendas. Yeah. You need to play a little bit more. With curiosity.
0: Curious people are often my favorite people. Yeah. People who are both curious about information and just their whole vibe. They're just like, oh, you're, I'm kind of curious about you as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how about in reverse? What's something from your, your community, your home, your squad that you would like to see more of in this space?
5: That's a question. Um, it
0: is. <laughs> <laughs> a good one, in fact.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> Maybe color. We're a very colourful people and it can be quite shades of grey mm-hmm. in these hair parts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Let's say in the physical for a second. Where in this building would you like to see like a splash of color?
5: In this room that yeah. is basically white with
1: a beige silver
5: computers yeah. and a white board.
0: The only thing with color, <laughs> color is the fire extinguisher.
5: Yeah. Oh,
0: that's that's
1: we're getting close that, to a that poem right
5: really now.
0: Is, oh <laughs> we are poem adjacent. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we got the building blocks. We got the clay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, being in this space today and being around, you know, academic conferences and organizers and, and and all of these you know great people with all these new ideas. You do, at least I do, tend to find myself running around in a. Sea of buzzwords from time to time. And so I'm curious for you, are there any buzzwords that are either particularly exciting or opening that open things up to you? Or buzzwords that you're a little, like, wary of and skeptical of that you think people maybe aren't thinking through that you'd encourage them to think through more?
5: Because my work is in gender rights, mm-hmm. feminism comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's something that is important to me I d- identify as a feminist. But when other people use the word feminist or feminism I'm a little bit skeptical at first because I'm trying to wait to see what kind Mm -hmm. of feminism you're Mm -hmm. talking about like to me feminism is a thing and other people make other things of it
4: Mm.
5: or take parts of it and run around with it and forget about the rest which becomes an issue and it's like no but words mean things
1: yeah What, what are some of the ways that's done that makes you the most uncomfortable or you feel is limited um well white feminism Which is not
5: intersectional feminism. And it's a little bit annoying that we have to say intersectional feminism because I think the (laughs) word feminism is is just, that's what it is. If it's not intersectional, then you're doing something different. Um, Maybe you should call it like white women empowerment or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So the conversation about the wage gap really gets on my nerves. Because it's like, oh, the wage gap, women are being paid less than men. Women get paid $0.78 cents for every dollar a man makes. And I have to be the person who's like, nope,
0: that's what white women make. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Black even just, women know, Latino women know. And even just setting the language in like a corporate structure too. Like every time you hear that conversation, it's about like, well, there aren't as many female CEOs. It's like, why are we even talking about corporations right now? Yeah. Like we weren't, no one mentioned corporations. You yeah. talked No about one said <laughs> it <laughs> until you did. And also not only is it
1: focusing on white women even if you bring in other women, it's still compared to the white man, yes. right? So within different communities, wage difference has completely different formations. So many different between ways. between gender. So yeah, I don't bring up the wage gap that much. It's kind of mm-hmm. something, but you just woke me up to something. I'm gonna get yeah. on. I'm gonna get on somebody's ass next time you say that.
5: <laughs> Jump <laughs> on it. Yeah, Be like no, yeah. it's not seventy eight yes. cents.
0: Actually, actually. <laughs> actually. <laughs> How about on the other? Like, what's a what's a buzzword that you have a definition of for you that is exciting and like feels liberatory?
5: You know what? I really like the word movement, mm. which would not be shocking since <laughs> it's in the title of my presentation. Yeah, but I like the idea of movement mm-hmm. and not necessarily having to start an entire organization. Mm -hmm. to affect change, to Mm -hmm. create change, and Mm -hmm. to mobilize people. Mm -hmm. And the word itself suggests that we're going somewhere. Mm -hmm. Organization feels kind of stagnant.
4: Yeah. Like this is a thing this Stuffy. is what it is
5: it's in a building and yeah. we go here and we do our work and moving is like oh no we are taking this thing on the road oh, we're, we're gonna moving. do a thing yeah. we're moving yeah. we're doing a thing <laughs> and as we move people are gonna see us and they're gonna join us cause mm-hmm. we look like we're doing something yeah. real
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah I
5: wanna do something
1: <laughs> I'm not doing nothing do a thing <laughs> start a movement man That's so, so as someone who's invested participating and even like presenting and teaching on movement are there struggles that are not connected to the spaces or the focuses where you are already active or are not connected to your individual identity um, that really draw you in, that you would want to be further invested in or learn more about or to connect to in more intentional ways?
5: I think for the most part, the movements that attract me are, there's some root to my own identity. Mm -hmm. and there are so many layers to our identities. It's so hard to Mm -hmm. get outside of that and become interested in someone else's struggle. Like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a black queer woman living below the poverty line. I don't really have much room to, (laughs) you know, I mean, of course I do. I consider other issues like immigration, which is huge right now Mm -hmm. here in the U S as well as in the Bahamas. We just had a huge case with a person of Haitian descent who was born in the Bahamas, Mm. but does not have citizenship, mm. who was approached by immigration. And long story short, he ended up being deported to a country that he's never been to <sighs> in his life and left there with the equivalent of less than $5 U.S. Mm. It's a human story. It's mm-hmm. about someone yeah. who was taken away from everything that he knows, dropped somewhere else where he doesn't even know where to start and why. Yeah. Because of the circumstances of his birth and his parents' birth. it's And just, the politicization it's just, it's of those circumstances.
0: Because it's not inherent, right? Like there's nothing that says that just those circumstances means you have to go through that. It's like someone using that as a tool for power. Yeah. We spend most of our time in Chicago, but I'm from New York and I'm kind of showing him around. And we're trying to figure out like what is unique about this place. And I was thinking about the, the fact that the city is made up of four islands. And the Bahamas is made up of several Correct? Mm, or wrong? Well, over or 700. That's a lot of islands. That's, yeah. a, that's a lot of islands. <laughs> As we're talking about building collective liberation and collective movement and, and, you know, coming together, what are some bridges from your island that you would like to build? Basically, not geographically, but in your organizing work, in the tools you do, in your even in your aesthetic, just some places where you're like, I'm on this little island and I want to figure out how to connect this. Yeah.
5: I think just... On the island itself, we can feel quite separated from other islands, Mm -hmm. right? Because let's say 20 of them are inhabited. Mm -hmm. We're all one country,
4: Mm -hmm.
5: but we have completely different experiences of this one country. Mm -hmm. I live in Nassau, which is the capital, which is where the main campus of University of the Bahamas is, which Mm -hmm. is where the majority of the press and media Mm -hmm. is. It's where the government is. So there's a a lot going on there. It's where most of the people are. How often do we think about the experiences of the people on what we call the family islands? Hmm. The islands that are often overlooked. Mm -hmm. The islands that were the last to get electricity and running water and things like that because they're not in the capital. Mm. It's almost like they're seen as second rate. And we remember them in certain times, like when a hurricane comes. And they're completely devastated. And we realize that the farmers lost their crop. What are they going to do? And it's like, wow, people farm. (laughs) We don't do that in Nassau. That's not what you do for work. You work at a hotel or you work for the government. And then you have, you know, your bank teller, uh, things like that. Small entrepreneur doing whatever social media management for companies and things like that
0: around the world just a global community of social media managers <laughs> it's just all of them yeah all 23 years
5: old <laughs> they're not they're not farming
0: right yeah
5: they probably don't know how to tie themselves to a tree in the middle of a storm to survive mm-hmm. it like mm. no lie someone did that last year mm. a man who's i think he's over 80. He was in a house. The house was flooding. He realized he needed to do something else. Tied himself to a tree and rode the storm out by himself on wow. a key that he only he lives on. Do we have that kind of survival?
0: I do not. I don't even and, know how to tie knots.
5: <laughs> I'm telling you.
0: I'm telling you. Or pick a good tree. Here. I didn't even know that tying yourself to a tree
5: would be a good idea. Yeah. But there, there's this knowledge that exists in these places that we kind of gloss over or think of as less than where we are. And we think of these people a lot of times as, as less than us, but they're the people who make the best bread. They're the mm-hmm. people who know how to tie themselves to a tree. Mm-hmm. They're the people who know how to grow their own food.
1: Right. You and know, our food. What are we? <laughs> yeah. right.
5: What are we? So I think that's one of the bridges that I want to build. I want to get people to think about where other people are coming from, what other people have to bring to the table, and how we can share knowledge, mm-hmm. do less judging, focus less on what separates us mm-hmm. and what's different. Mm-hmm. And I guess any of those differences that do come up, seeing them as assets, mm. seeing them as knowledge we have yet to gain, mm-hmm. but have access to if mm. we
0: just look at it. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's Before we get out of here, if you were to describe how it feels being at the summit today in one word, what word would it be? My
5: word is charcoal.
1: Oh.
0: Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm like
1: conflicted between wanting to leave it and wanting an explanation.
5: It's like a little bit dark, it's grainy, but if you know what to do with it, Mm. it can bring about a glow.
0: So, we're here at the Our Liberation Summit at Sarah Lawrence, uh, you know, ergo with that young media partnership.
1: Oh, man, we're on the move.
0: And uh, we stumbled across a very special guest here. <laughs> uh,
6: why don't you go ahead first up and introduce yourself? What's your name? I'm Luis Rodriguez, I'm a poet, and you know, I lived in Chicago many years. Now I'm in LA, and mm-hmm. I'm very active in all kinds of issues, but I am, especially right now, working hard with the Poor People's uh, Campaign, mm-hmm. uh, resurging of the c- concepts that were done in the late 60s with Martin Luther King leading the poor people's campaign we're bringing it all back cuz poor people are again at the heart of every matter
1: that's yeah. going on but before we get into like our traditional like first interview interview question let's let's stay there a little bit yeah. and uh with this reiteration you being someone of a veteran in yeah. resistance and social justice what excites you specifically about this second wave uh, of the Poor People's uh, Campaign? Well,
6: you know, it's, uh, to me, it's always like you, 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 you complete circles, but they're always on a higher level. Mm-hmm. And this is a completion of a circle for me. I was 13 years old, believe it or not, when I first got politically active. I walked out of my high school during those periods of all those walkouts, but it was mm-hmm. about the poor people. it was about anti-war and everything mm-hmm. else. And three years later, I was arrested, in a big anti-war demonstration where three people were killed. And I actually mm-hmm. was put on murder's roll, uh, supposedly for these murders, wow. and I had a son next to Charles Manson and everything, so I was getting wow. politicized through that madness of the way the That's a tough society neighborhood. was. Yeah. Tough neighborhood, I went through it. Of course, I did <laughs> that. The, what I tell people, what saved me was that the. The Chicano activists that were in this anti war protest had taken a lot of film and camera and photos, mm-hmm. and all all it was was police beating up and killing people. Wow. So they couldn't prove that I did it. So in the middle of the night, they pulled me out. After I was there several days and nights waiting in the murder's roll. they pulled me out the middle of the night and didn't even say anything. They Here, you're gone, you go. What the heck happened? Wow. But all that politicizes you, all that mm-hmm. changes you. Uh, I was on heroin, I was in the street, I was in the gang. And you know well, what, man? I, the movement really. Woke me up. Yeah. And by the time I was 19, 20 years old, I was done with that. I mean, it's hard to imagine getting out of all the hard drugs and gangs and crime, but I was. I didn't want anything to do with it. And even when, the last time I was in jail, the Chicano prison gang was trying to recruit me. I said, you know what? I don't want to do that. You know, I told them I, said, I want to be a revolutionary.
0: They thought, are you crazy? But you know what? <laughs> They're like, oh no, the revolution's over there. <laughs> yeah.
6: But they, they gave me my pass. Wow. Just, just yeah. don't come back here no more, dude. You know, yeah. you don't know, want I might have all these tattoos and yeah. people knew who I was. And you know what? I'm done with this life, man. I yeah. want to be a revolutionary. So, so they they don't do this no more. But in those days, okay, just go. Mm-hmm. Don't come back here no yeah. more. And I never did. So let, let's let's
0: let's fast forward after you know decades of this work yeah. and and just being in the world. Yeah. In this moment. In this season, this month, this week, how is the world treating you? And how are you treating the world?
6: Well, I mean, one is I got blessed because I'm working with these great people. Uh, It's a national thing. i am also got a beautiful cultural center, bookstore, now in L.A., I'm back Mm -hmm. in L.A., Uh, Me and my wife run it. We serve like 15,000 people. It's all art. It's all revolution. It's all imagination. It's all creativity. I got my own press. We started in Chicago. Tia Chucha Press. I'm still doing it, and we're publishing amazing books. Hopefully this year we'll publish John Trudell book because he's passed, and I happen to have his autobiography, and we hope that we can get it done. So I'm moving constantly with a voice and language, and I'm going into prisons. I've been going to prison for 38 years, so I'm still teaching in two maximum security yards in California prisons. Mm-hmm. Only now, as you know, we're in a different time, different place. We got this crazy presidency and Congress, because I don't just think it's the presidency, it's like the whole, <laughs> yeah, and they whole thing They would have been
0: there no matter who got it. Yeah, the whole
6: know? thing is shot, yeah. So let's now we can really challenge it systematically, yeah. and that's where I think it's important that people are looking at it that way.
1: Yeah. So, as we're in this space, uh, a big part of the focus is around language and new ideas, mm-hmm. and so we're, we're in an era of a lot of buzzwords. Yeah, are there any particular buzzwords or phrases that either really intrigue you or make you uncomfortable?
6: Well, I'm, I, I gave I'm giving two I gave earlier at this, this thing we were in because it came from two guys in prison. Mm-hmm. They're great writers and great thinkers, and I'm trying to get them to express themselves and mm-hmm. do they're doing spoken word and everything. So one guy says. I don't need television. I need to tell a vision. Mm. It's very beautiful, and I love <laughs> that. And I love to use it. And I, I got to give him credit. It's not me, but mm-hmm. it's like powerful. And this other guy came up with "from start to depart." We need art. Mm. So to me, those are two great phrases that I think kind of talk about where we're at. Mm-hmm. People are looking for a vision, to looking yeah. for direction, to looking to which way to go. They know that art is key to how to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, in thinking about
0: uh, those phrases. And specifically the one, you know, looking at vision, because I do think you're right that there is this thirst at its best. What organizing can do is not give someone an answer, but give them the tools to come up with the answer themselves. Um, So what are you seeing either in your work or in, you know, crossing paths with people around the country Mm -hmm. and all all these different spaces? um, What are you seeing that is a new tool That people are using that was not in use beyond i don't mean like people can tweet now i mean like a new way of thinking uh, or a new framework that is exciting to you that didn't exist when you started doing this work i think
6: hip-hop and i have to say Mm -hmm. because hip-hop brought language all the way up from the street and to another level Mm -hmm. and i think it did something that maybe shakespeare might have done Hundreds of years ago, and it was done in the street level, which mm. is just recreate language, make it meaningful in a whole different way that people can relate to it who are in that situation. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's, a, it's the language art of hip-hop. Hip-hop is more than just yeah. the rap and language, but to me, that's what makes it rich. Mm. And uh, I found that to be the biggest imp- important impact because even the slam poetry movement, which I came out of in Chicago, there was a trajectory of hip-hop stuck in there. I mean, hip-hop was also in the slam poetry movement but slam poetry is now everywhere and again it's another beautiful way to express feelings, thoughts, visions, ideas and pain Mm -hmm. and give it artistic powerful expression so I I think that's what's different now the language is finding amazing vehicles for expression I have to give it to young people because it's coming from young people Mm -hmm. I mean it's really sad I want to say this Usually older people, elders, would be the ones that would help young people with language and ideas and stuff. But we lost a lot of our elders, Mm -hmm. either because they were killed off, they were drugged out, or they just gave up. And um, young people have been doing this without Mm that much eldership. Mm -hmm. But in many ways, for us who are older, we have to recognize that young people are carrying a lot of ideas and the visions and the language. So we can connect with that because... Mm I feel like me, I, I can help young people what I've been through, but I also learn from young people. Right? Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, so, so to that, you've been in movement work for longer than a lot of people here <clears throat> have been alive, right? <clears throat> Are there any specific struggles that you have not directly participated with in your experience <clears throat> that you feel either connected to, inspired by, or have desires to learn more about?
6: Well, you know, I am... I'm very excited about the LGBT movement um, and especially women. I'm not a woman, nor am I gay. But I'm excited because that's an area where as not being a woman, not being gay, that is lifting up all of us, not just gay people, not just women. It's We're all needing to find a place where we can be who we really are, mm. we're, the way we were born, but also the way we were meant to be. Right. And that to me is what's important, so people start breaking apart the, the kind of roles that people have been given us, been mm. pushing on us and telling us how to be, how not to be. And I love that, I mean, you know, I don't have to be gay or a woman to understand the pain that women in this society get and the gay people get. And i, I just tell you one quick story. I, I, I grew up anti-gay, I grew up in a macho vario gang, no, nobody was gay, man. I, but there was gay guys in the neighborhood that couldn't say anything. Right. Well, in the early eighties, one got HIV AIDS, mm. and he told me to come visit him in the hospital. I didn't know. I thought it was maybe in, you know yeah. heroin. Turned out, he told me I'm gay, man, but my family don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody's here, and I don't want you to tell nobody. Mm.
4: Oh
1: wow. Are
6: you kidding me? Why are you telling me? He said because I think you understand. I didn't know if I would. I had to understand. Mm. He said I'm going to die. He did die, and I. Couldn't tell his family, couldn't tell nobody. He said, Don't, I don't want nobody to know. He really didn't want. Wow. He was one of my homies, and I never right. imagined that he was gay, but right. here he was. He was telling me, I am, and I'm going to die, and I want you to know. And it's sad, you
0: know. Why do you think, in him knowing you as a person,
6: he felt like you might be able to understand? I think, too, the sensitivities that some men can exhibit, because mm-hmm. uh, men have a feminine energy and we deny it all the time and I grew up as a sensitive kid who was forced to be this tough guy who had no more sensitivity and I had to go back to it but I think some people can see it they can Mm -hmm. sense it you're still sensitive even Mm -hmm. some women can say hey Louie you're a tough guy but you got a sensitive side but they can see it (laughs) so you have to just cave into it man I am a sensitive man I'm an artist I'm a poet that's why I am these things and I think he saw that I think he saw you know this guy's sensitive he's not gonna react like I'm sure Other people, if we would have told, would have just, like, bopped them one. You know, anybody would, they would have walked away. They would have been so disrespectful. I wasn't going to do that. And again, I didn't understand it. And I grew up anti-gay, but I really didn't have, like, he's my homie, my My, friend. You know, I I, I had to be with him no matter what. I didn't see him as, oh, he's a gay man, I want to do it. I said, no, he's my homie, and I'm going to. Hang, you know.
0: Shout out yeah. to all of us uh, sensitive men out here. We are important. Interesting Talk about movement building.
6: Yeah. That's <laughs> kind really important. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So,
1: so we, we, we're going to let you go. Um, First it, of all, it's it, just an honor, it's honor, honor to, to speak to you. 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 I yeah, yeah, work for a long yeah. time. So think one, think one last very brief, succinct question in this space. What's one word that can describe how you feel?
6: Well, hunger. And I think hunger is an important word because. People are really hungry yeah. for something new, mm-hmm. and I don't think Republicans or Democrats or anything that people have is really covering that hunger. Yeah. I really don't feel that there's really any institutional thing that we have, so a lot of it is coming up from ourselves, from our bones, yeah. from our heart, mm-hmm. from our own imaginations. Yeah. I think this is a time to meet the hunger with something new and interesting and encompassing yeah. so I, i'm trying to say let's feed this hunger mm. with something vital and not just the same old stuff
0: yeah that's oh, a great no, answer no. and let's go get some sandwiches downstairs you thank you
6: sir <laughs> thank, thank you very you much appreciate, appreciate you. it
7: my you. name is amanda Volel,
0: as we like to start every episode that we have uh in this moment in this season in this week uh, how is the world treating you and how are you treating the world?
7: I find myself exhausted in these weeks um, coming into 2018, um, reflecting on a lot of the emotions and experiences that we're bringing with us into the new year to as fuel. Um, I would say that I'm trying to be kind as sort of like a generative practice for more energy mm. um, and just, you know, sort of surrounding myself with folks and situations that are easy to love and to be kind inside of. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you.
1: The reason why we are here, or we are at least in context with the fact that there has been like a phenomenon of a multitude of dynamic, like world changing movements. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people actively participating and invested in reshaping and reforming and transforming the world that we live in. And that's kind of exhausting and daunting. (laughs) So with that comes a lot of new language, a lot of new concepts, a lot of new ideas. Are there any specific phrases or like buzzwords that are coming your way a lot that either excite you and really energize you or are uh, difficult or you struggle with or are limiting?
7: So I would say some words that I've come across um, are recovery and Mm -hmm. healing this week. Mm. Um, I've been in touch with uh, a woman who is the founder of an organization that's um, known to the Bronx called Brown Girl Recovery. Mm. Mm. And so this idea of um, sort of looking within our own communities for sources of healing and how we can sort of come away from just sort of the ideas that fuel us, like sisterhood, for example, um, and how to like really get our feet planted Mm -hmm. inside of those ideals um, and look to each other for what we need to be energized To move through this political climate that's really hostile for our bodies and for our minds.
0: Mm, So, that idea of like recovery being a step toward healing and also being a step toward like collective liberation, also. Yeah, absolutely. How about on the other end? Are there any like terms that you hear thrown around a bunch in this, you know, first semester plus at -hmm. the school that you're like, one, you're not quite sure exactly if your definition of it meets your classmates' definition or, it's you see it like being deployed in ways that make you uncomfortable, or yeah, words that you're like, I don't know about that one.
7: I hold this space accountable for how intentional we use language. Mm-hmm. You know, being a student of poetry, and so I think that I'm careful about um, this word "liberal" that mm-hmm. is used mm-hmm. here, um, because I think that it's important that while we are like, you know, coming into our own identities, that we are also holding ourselves accountable to the privilege that. Yeah. That we have, mm-hmm. um, one might and say it's
0: being used liberally. <laughs>
7: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, Thank you for humoring <laughs> me. Yeah. Got it, got it right there.
0: You should. That should be your role on the show. On. A,
7: right.
1: a, yeah,
0: we need a rim yeah. shatter.
7: That's it. That's it. Language, music, all of that. So, um, what does that
0: look like for you in terms of struggling against that, that word?
7: Yeah. yeah. Sure. It's important to just not label ourselves so that the work stops with this name of liberalism but that we use it to open a conversation and with our privilege sort of point the light away from us, if you will, in order mm. to shed light on folks who are vulnerable because of our privileges. Mm. And so it being more than just sitting inside of our classrooms and inside of our comfort and having these conversations, but going out to our larger communities, going out to the Bronx, looking at these new grassroots organizations that do need our our knowledge, do need our resources, and that we sit there and be honest yeah. um, and be open and, and listeners.
1: I'm getting a sense... Of your community you can even go on like the most local neighborhood level what community or communities Mm -hmm. do you consider home and are there any experiences either through your academic experiences or to today in this conference specifically that you would like to bring back to those communities
7: Mm, that's a really good question. Um, so Queens is home for me. It's home to me. It's home to my parents. Long Island City, Bayside, Springfield Gardens, um, and then New York. I went to school in Indiana, so um, sort of being in the Midwest and then coming back East Coast and realizing that like a lot of who I am is is about here. Mm-hmm. I hope that beyond definitely within this um, within the summit, but everything that I'm I'm gathering from being at Sarah Lawrence and a park of social justice Sarah Lawrence spaces um are hopefully conversations that I can take back into my communities like for example I think it's like pretty much trash if I like gather a conversation inside myself that feels liberating and then going back into my communities and they don't understand you know mm-hmm. like or they don't feel like they can connect to that conversation mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. same way mm-hmm. so it's sort of being able to sit down and be real inside this space but also know that like I need to still be connected to the folks that I'm having these first conversations with
0: and in the other direction are there th- things from, whether it's how your family operates or your block or your neighborhood or just your experiences growing up, that you would love to see play a bigger role in the way things work here?
7: Well, I think they honestly go hand in hand. Um, Like, I I worked in an elementary school in Queens uh, for about a year, and so seeing sort of how like these younger kids are moving with music mm-hmm. and are building community in you know, these nursery rhymes or whatever the case right. may be, that those are sort of like the beginning steps to what lead us here, you know, being able to participate in a communal conversation about um, voting rights, for example, and mass incarceration. So what it looks like to build trust inside of a space, um, I think yeah. that that starts mm-hmm. inside of our communities. Yeah,
0: so before we wrap, in this, I space of thinking about collective liberation
7: mm-hmm.
0: what is a struggle that is not centering your personal identities that you are interested in or curious about or feel invested in or want to learn more about
7: hmm i mean i think that uh that's an interesting question because i think that um even like issues that might not like affect my de- Direct body Mm -hmm. do feel like they are in some way in in conversation with my own personal identity. I do believe that the political is always personal, and so that I can find a personal way to connect with it. Mm -hmm. But for example, like a session that I went to this morning was about um, mass incarceration and voting rights. Even though my own personal body is not affected by folks or laws um, that are controlling like prison population. I do see like a personal connection to that work. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I do believe in in a, in abolishing mass incarceration and giving voices and voting rights to all of incarcerated folks um as something that I think needs to happen. Yeah. It's past due. Yeah. yeah. Um, How about now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> way past due. Um but yeah, that's something that I I want to like be become more knowledgeable about. Mm. So, especially in the state of New York, yeah, as far as like um, state level um, Voting realities, yeah. yeah.
1: So it's actually spontaneous, and you can say no, and we'll edit it out. If okay. your answer is no, you have full agency. But often on our show, on our full-length episodes, we invite artists to perform a piece if they would so be so pleased. Oh, and wow. so uh, we know that you are a poet, so if you have a piece that you would like to do...
0: Read
7: it. No pressure. Sure, no pressure, but, but if, you, if you're yeah, ready, that's sure, cool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so this piece is called... If they come for me, if I die in the night, start a revolution by morning, paint the city with my blood till they cannot say right without choking. If they steal my body from me, do not speak of a new martyr. I did not have time to pray before my soul left. If caged by an AK-47 with the Lamb of God beside me, will you sing my song? Little girls huddle in dress socks and baby breath, getting ready to hum sunshine on Sunday. But what American doom will threaten to blow open another chest before the congregation? Soul to keep, beneath the floorboards of a church, legacy to live nameless on the hymnal line and limbs a slick whistle airway. The president is talking through gums, spit, cum, and dentures. I had a dream once that all my teeth fell out. So when he asked a smile of me, I couldn't show him nothing but the silent darkness. I hope that nightmare quickening my feet, chased by a faceless man, an abdicated man, holds him back from grabbing my... Some days, I am waiting for the fire to swallow me. Today, half the world is on fire. The ground and everything weighing it is alive with a world-ending fire. Can redemption remember my surname when my body is casted into the next river? Inside my body lives a river. To seize the day, they would crack my body open, and the sky will still be black.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Wow. Thank you so much. So that was was powerful. Uh, We're going to let you go, but real quick— is there one word that can accurately describe how you feel today in this space?
7: Energized.
1: That's love. Thank you so much.
7: Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs>